Angabaloa trying to make up for it. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! First down from the 27. Kaiser fires deep. Looking for Fuller! You're listening to Cars End Zone, hosted by Brandon Carr, presented by The Daily Goat. Welcome in, everybody, to the second episode of Cars End Zone, presented by The Daily Goat. I am your host, Brandon Carr, and, you know, we had a lot that happened in the world of college football. We had a Heisman Trophy winner announced last night. Congratulations to Devonta Smith. We're going to get into that a little bit. We have the national championship game set. We have Ohio State coming with the upset against Clemson to take on the almighty Alabama Crimson Tide this upcoming Monday. We had a big declare this morning for the NFL draft. We have a big player that entered the transfer portal this week as well and a big head coaching hire in the Big 12. So... We have kind of a lot to touch on today, so without further ado, let's get right into it. So I want to start off with the big declare for the NFL draft. We knew it was coming. He had one of the greatest careers in for a college quarterback of all time. This guy's always had the expectations set very high for him ever since he was a high school recruit. He was a near-perfect high school recruit prospect, according to 24-7 Sports Composite. In the 2018 high school recruiting class, touchdown Jesus, he looks like a surfer. Trevor Lawrence. He declared for the NFL draft this morning. He put out a video on all of his social media platforms, thanking Clemson and ready to take on the next challenge, which is eventually he's going to end up being the number one pick in the NFL draft and he's going to go to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So congratulations to Trevor Lawrence. This guy, like I said, expectations have been set very high for this young man ever since he started playing football in the high school. You know, everyone saw him as this next great NFL quarterback, next great college quarterback. And he won a national championship his freshman season. He took over for then quarterback Kelly Bryant and forced him to transfer. And ever since then, Trevor Lawrence, he's been the starter. And as a starter, he holds a 34-2 and record. His only losses are from this past game against Ohio State, and he lost in the national championship game last year to LSU. So, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, there's not too much else to say. I I said last week, he's in his own tier for these upcoming quarterbacks in this class. There should be nobody else ahead of him. Trevor Lawrence, he has everything you want. He has the size you want. He's mobile. Like, people don't talk about that. Trevor Lawrence is very mobile. He's a very good runner with the football. He can obviously throw on the run. That's what you want in today's NFL. A lot of the great quarterbacks now are guys who can run and make plays with their legs. So Trevor Lawrence, he has that. He's got a great arm. He's got the anticipation. He has the touch, the velocity with his arm. He's a leader on and off the field. You know, this is a guy who was a big voice in, you know, college football even happening this year. He kind of like led that charge led that hashtag players want to play we want to play like he was one of the biggest voices in that and he's just an all-around stud like this is a guy who I think he's just like he's a guarantee I think to just be a stud in the NFL I mean he has everything you want I don't think he can bust even if he's going to the Jacksonville Jaguars I don't think this is the worst landing spot 
Jaguars, obviously, they got rid of Doug Marone. They fired him. So they're going to be looking for a new head coach. And it's been rumored that it could be Urban Meyer, which would be crazy. You know, I think this would be Urban Meyer's first NFL gig, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, he was with Florida. He was with Ohio State. Obviously, he's, you know, one of the greatest college football coaches of all time. He's a program builder. He knows how to turn programs around and build them into a championship caliber program. And he's looking now to make that jump to the NFL. I think he's looking for about $12 million a season, which is doable. I think the Jaguars can pay him that. And you saw with Ryan Day too. He was rumored to be a potential guy that could be the Jaguars head coach, but those rumors got squashed. This is the Trevor Lawrence effect. I mean, people want to coach this guy because they know the talent that they're going to be getting with this young man. And he's phenomenal. You can't say enough, enough things about him, really. And, you know, with Jacksonville, you look at their team. Obviously, they went heavy defense in the first round last year. They took C.J. Henderson from Florida, the corner, and they took Kavon Chasen from LSU, the linebacker slash pass rusher. And, you know, with this with the team now, you got D.J. Chark, who's a proven, you know, weapon. Obviously, I think this season just kind of banged up, and he had to deal with, you know, the Gardner Minshews of the world, the Mike Glennons of the world, the Jake Lutons of the world. So, you know, not good quarterback play, and you're banged up. Not good. Very talented player. You got LaVisca Chenault, who they took in, I believe, the second round. This is a guy who, in college, was, you know, he was a, he was a playmaker. The only thing, really, is his injuries. Can he stay, you know, relatively healthy? But he has the talent. He has the yak ability that you want. He's physical. You know, he's a little bit raw. He needs to work on his route running. But he has the talent to be very good. So you got those two weapons. You got undrafted free agent Stud. James Robinson, who ran for a thousand yards behind the offensive line, which the interior of the offensive line is pretty good. The tackles might need some work. It's still a shaky offensive line. I would say it's like not terrible. It's like average to a little bit below average offensive line, but Jacksonville has $75 million to play with in free agency. That's how much cap space they have. So they can go ahead and sign some guys, you know, to help build that offensive line, add another playmaker, add some guys on the defense, do whatever they have to do to really make this team better for Trevor Lawrence because I'm telling you, this is a guy who I just, he, he can't bust. He's been great at football his entire life. He's a stud, leader on and off the field, great player, so much success with Clemson, 34-2 and record, like I said, national championship as a true freshman. I mean, what else can you say about Trevor Lawrence? I mean, he just, he didn't get the Heisman. He could have gotten it this year if he didn't get COVID. There was a very real possibility of that, but it is what it is. He's going to go down, you know, with Deshaun Watson, who obviously had a great career with Clemson, but he never got a Heisman Trophy. So not, not a knock against Trevor Lawrence or anything like that. He's going to be a great pro, and I'm excited to see what his, his career moving forward. He's going to be a stud. Book it. Now, let's get into the Heisman Trophy winner. Congratulations to Alabama's Devonta Smith, first wide receiver since 1991, Desmond Howard, to win the Heisman Trophy. He's the third player in Alabama history to win the Heisman. Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry, now Devonta Smith. Unbelievable season. Devonta Smith, you can't take anything away from how special of a season he had. And I really like what he was saying in his his speech. You know, he was like, to all the kids out there, don't listen to the people that say you can't do it because of your size and whatnot. And yeah, Devonta Smith, he's 6'1", 175, obviously. People knock him on that. And for me personally... I don't really knock him on that. I prefer some other wide receivers in this upcoming class, but it's not because of his size. I think 
it's just because he's a senior and he's dominating against these lower classmen. Like, it, I feel like that's something you do have to look at. Nothing to knock away from Devonta Smith, though. We know about the late breakout age wide receivers, not always hidden, but this is super impressive. Like, he can be that guy that breaks that mold of the late breakout wide receivers. I think he's an absolute stud. Looking at the season he had, I mean, he's on his way to breaking the SEC records that were set by Jamar Chase last season. He's currently tied with him in receiving touchdowns. He has 20 receiving touchdowns. He's at 1,641 yards, and he needs 140 yards to pass Jamar Chase in yards as well. He has the most receiving touchdowns and yards in Alabama history. He just needs six more catches to have the most receptions. He'll pass Amari Cooper for that. And, you know, to think about Devonta Smith, this was a guy coming out of high school. He's a five-star recruit and really didn't play too much as a true freshman. But he did catch that game-winning touchdown in the national championship game against Georgia. Tua, we all, we all remember that second of on play. Tua threw it to Devonta Smith. They won the national championship in overtime. He had a kind of a relatively quiet sophomore season. Didn't do too much. Then the junior season came where he was producing with guys like Henry Ruggs, with guys like Jerry Judy. So, you know, you have to take a look at that. He could have been a late first-round, second-round pick last year's draft. Decided, hey, let's go back for my senior season. And he dominated, as expected. Looking at some of these games, I mean, against Mississippi State, 11 catches, 203 yards, 4 touchdowns. Against Florida in the SEC Championship game, 15 catches, 184, 2 touchdowns. Last week against Notre Dame, he had 7 for 130 and 3. Kentucky had 9 for 144 and 2. Auburn, 7 for 171 and 2. LSU, he had 8 for 231 and 3. In that game, he had that catch over Derek Stanley, that one-handed catch. And I felt like that was the play that solidified his Heisman. He had his Heisman moment. He had that one-handed catch, which was ridiculous. He had his Odell moment. (laughs) And, you know, Devonta Smith, not going to knock him on size for the next level. I think he can succeed. My whole thing is his breakout age. It's not a historically great thing for you to break out as a junior, as a senior, and not as a freshman or sophomore. Because you've seen a lot of guys who failed in the NFL who didn't do that. So, something you have to take a look at when you're drafting your teams. But I think Devonta Smith can definitely break that mold. He's had a more dominant season than any of those guys. So, Heisman Trophy winning wide receiver who dominated SEC corners. But Devonta Smith, stud player, well-deserved. I would have voted for him if I was a voter for the Heisman Trophy. Him and Mac Jones just lit up the SEC. Alabama's back. They were not dead from last season. They're back. I think this is a good segue to get into the Alabama and Ohio State game. So talking about this Alabama and Ohio State game, last time these two teams met was the 2015 Sugar Bowl. And this is the game that Ohio State won as the four seed. And this was the game that Ezekiel Elliott had that 85-yard touchdown run. Like Zeke had over 200 yards rushing. He ran through that Alabama defense and won that game for Ohio State by a touchdown. But... It's going to be a different result this time. I think Alabama, you know, they didn't have an amazing game by their standards against Notre Dame. They won that game 31 to 14. They could have won by, God, they could have won by 30 or 40 points, I feel like. I mean, that's how good Alabama is. But Alabama is just, I think they're on a different level this year. I said this last week. Mac Jones is playing incredible. Listen, I love Tua. I'm not going to quit on him after this season with Miami. But Mac Jones looks like he's running this offense a little bit better than Tua was. I mean, he, Matt Jones looks incredible. His his draft stock's going up. 
obviously Najee Harris, he's <laughs> Najee Harris is my RB one headed into this 2021 class. And the guy's so dominant. He's shown me as a true freshman that he's going to be very good. I mean, he had like 700 yards behind two NFL running backs. So Najee Harris is a stud. And, you know, I think with Ohio State, the only way that they're going to be able to, I think, to win this game is if Justin Fields does what he does last week against Alabama, which it's a lot to ask for him. He had six touchdowns, over 300 yards, almost 400 yards passing. I'm not going to get too much into that performance because I had a nice rant on uh, the Daily Goat Instagram, so you can go check that out. I kind of just talked about, you know, why Justin Fields is the quarterback too in this class, and it should have never been anybody else, which is very true. It shouldn't have been Zach Wilson, not Mac Jones, not Kyle Trask. I don't care who it is. People had Kellen Mond over Justin Fields. It just didn't make sense to me, but... And he had one of the greatest games I've ever seen. Taking into account everything that these doubters were throwing their way. Dabo Sweeney had them as the 11th ranked team. People were putting Zach Wilson ahead of Justin Fields. You know, he heard the noise. He heard, oh, he didn't have a good game against Northwestern, which is, has a lot of talent on the back end of their team against an NFL-type secondary. Justin Fields said, watch this, and had the game he did. He took a hit in that game, too. And he gutted it out. He came back in the game, and... He still put on a show, but I don't know what his health is right now. He's going to probably play, I think, but you know, you don't know how healthy he is. Is he a hundred percent healthy? That's something you have to monitor with this team. Like you just have to, you know, you have to keep an eye on that. I think the only way they win this game is if Justin Fields has another game like he just did. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think it'll be a pretty close game. I think Alabama's favored by like seven and a half. I'd say they win by like 10 points. So I think they cover that spread. It's going to be a very good game. And also, didn't mention this about Alabama. They might be getting back Jalen Waddle. I love me some Jalen Waddle. When he's on the field and he's healthy, might be the most electrifying player in college football. I mean, the guy is a track star. He just makes people miss. His open field ability is incredible. He's so twitchy. He's so shifty. He's a deep threat. I mean, Jalen Waddle's a stud, and it's unfortunate he went down in the Tennessee game on the opening kickoff, and, you know, he hasn't played since then, but he's at practice this week. He's going to, he looks like he might play, and if, if Alabama has Jalen Waddle now to add on with Heisman Trophy winner and Devonta Smith, it's going to be tough for Ohio State because who's going to guard these guys? You're not going to put Sean Wade on them. Sean Wade, talk about a guy whose draft stock has just completely plummeted. I mean, Sean Wade's been getting burnt. It's it's just not good. Good luck to guarding Devonta Smith, and then you might have to guard Jalen Waddle. So I don't know how Ohio State stops this Alabama offense. I don't know how Justin Fields can keep up. I don't think he's going to have a six-touchdown game again. If he does, it'd be better than, I feel like, than Joe Burrow's performance last year in the college football playoffs. Because everybody knew that Joe, that Joe Burrow and LSU, they were just such a dominant team. I think with Ohio State, they've kind of been the underdog in these two games. No one really gave Ohio State a chance to beat Clemson. No one's really given Ohio State a chance again in this game. They're the underdogs. If they go out and win this game and then Justin Fields has a five-touchdown game, you know, that's going to say a lot about that kid. And I'm already high on Justin Fields. He's an absolute stud. I was talking about him again on that Daily Goat Instagram post, so you make sure you check that out. But final verdict... Alabama, I think, is going to win this game. It's going to be a good game. I'm hoping for a good game. I know Ohio State's going through some COVID stuff too right now, so hopefully the game doesn't get pushed back. Hopefully we have a game on Monday. I'm just excited to watch this game. There's so much NFL talent everywhere you look. Justin Fields, Mac Jones, Najee Harris, Devonta Smith, potentially Jalen Waddle, Trey Sermon, Chris Olave, 
There's so many guys. So I'm just excited to watch this game. I think it's going to be a great game. Alabama wins. Speaking of Alabama, their offensive coordinator, Steve Sarkeesian, he accepted the job to become the Texas Longhorns head coach. And, you know, Sark, this is not his first rodeo being a head coach. He was with Washington. He was with USC. And his head coaching record, including the game where he was the interim head coach this season when Nick Saban was in on the COVID list and had to follow COVID protocols, 47-35, and 2-2 two and two in bowl games. I think he definitely deserves it because you just look at what he's done since he's been the offensive coordinator for Alabama these past few seasons. You saw what he got out of with Tua. You're seeing what he's getting out of right now with Mac Jones. And he, I feel like he's definitely earned his spot. And, you know, I don't blame him. Texas is obviously they weren't, they're not the team they once were with Vince Young leading them. But they are, you know, one of the most popular college programs out there. When a head coach and hire opens up, obviously they got rid of Tom Herman. You got to take it. And, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, don't blame him for taking it. Hopefully it ends up working out for him. They have a pretty good team. I talked about Bijan Robinson last week and how much of a stud he is. So to think about how Sarkeesian kind of got Najee Harris involved, maybe Bijan Robinson kind of takes that next jump to the next level. Having a head coach like that who's an offensive-minded guy should be fun. And hoping the best for Sark. Obviously, you know, Texas, they're probably not going to have Sam Ellinger. I think he did declare for the NFL draft. So looks like Casey Thompson's going to be their guy moving forward. But yeah. Steve Sarkeesian, congratulations. Hopefully it works out. But last thing I wanted to talk about is this guy. I absolutely love this player, Eric Gilbert. Now, if you don't know who Eric Gilbert is, let me just talk about Eric Gilbert. So this is a guy who was a recruit in this past year in the 2020 high school class. Oh, nothing. He was just the number one rated high school tight end prospect of all time on 24-7 Sports Composite. The highest rated tight end they have ever put out there is this kid right here. Eric Gilbert, 6 foot 5, 250 plus pounds. Absolute stud. This was not a normal tight end. They were moving him around the formations. They were putting him in the slot. They were putting him on the outside. Like he was getting those matchups. Like he was he was being used like Kyle Pitts was with Florida. Like Darren Waller, like this guy's a freak athlete, freak athlete. He ran like a 4-7 at the opening. He had a 4-4 shuttle time at the opening. I mean, this guy, this guy Eric Gilbert's a monster. Like, he essentially played wide receiver for his high school. I mean, they he didn't really line up in line too much. They moved him around because he's an absolute freak. He's a mismatch nightmare. He entered the transfer portal. He originally committed to LSU. He was with the Tigers. Now he's on the transfer portal, and... You know, his reasoning, completely understand. You know, he was kind of just like, I'm homesick. I miss being home. You know, sometimes guys get homesick. And he's from Georgia. So, Louisiana, Georgia. You know, he was he was just homesick and he wanted to transfer. He just didn't feel like being there. And now he's in the transfer portal. According to 24-7 Sports, there's two teams that have the highest chance of getting him. So, the team that has the best chance of getting him is the team in the national championship game, Alabama. They have an 84.3% chance, according to 24-7 Sports' crystal ball, to land this guy. That would be a good fit. You know, Alabama really hasn't had that tight end prospect since O.J. Howard. You know, and O.J. Howard was an incredible tight end prospect coming out of high school. So you might have your replacement right there in Eric Gilbert. Very real possibility. 
I would love that fit for him. I know Eric Gilbert was big on Steve Sarkeesian, and that's like a reason why he was interested in Alabama, but obviously now Sark's not there. So what does that do for him? His other team is Georgia, his home state team, at a 15.7% chance. Now, if he goes to Georgia, Georgia has a tight end too. In that same high school recruiting class, a guy by the name of Darnell Washington, who's a 6'7 freak athlete. So you think about this, Georgia could get Eric Gilbert, run two tight end sets with him and Darnell Washington, and you still got George Pickens on the outside with JT Daniels throwing the football, with Kendall Milton improving, headed into his sophomore season. Are you kidding me? Like Georgia's offense could be super scary. They're going to have weapons. If you have Eric Gilbert and Darnell Washington, two five-star recruits at the tight end position. Well, Darnell Washington was an athlete, so he didn't have like a uh, designated position, but the guy's six foot seven. He's a tight end. Imagine that. You can have those two guys causing so many mismatches across the field. You have one of the best young wide receivers in college football and George Pickens, who's going to be a junior with a a five-star quarterback throwing the football and JT Daniels. I mean, Georgia could be scary. You have to watch out for Georgia if they can get him. I would love that fit. I like both of these teams for him. Alabama, Georgia, you know, that's the, the, the only two teams on the crystal ball right now. If he wants to stay closer to home, obviously Georgia makes more sense than Alabama. But they right now, the the experts have... Alabama having the highest higher chance of getting him 84.3% so we're gonna have to monitor that would not mind both of those spots for Eric Gilbert he's an absolute stud cannot wait to see where he ends up going keep an eye out for Eric Gilbert in 2023 in your rookie drafts if you need a tight end him and Darnell Washington are gonna be up there and Michael Mayer from Notre Dame but just watch out for this man because those two spots are gonna be very good for him now before I go one more thing I want to talk about a little bit of NFL talk so We have the NFL wildcard this weekend and kind of just want to give my predictions for these games. So first game I have listed the Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans, the fifth seeded Ravens, four seeded Titans. I'm going to pick the Ravens in this one. I know the Titans, they did beat this team earlier this season. Obviously Titans beat them last year in the playoffs, but the Ravens are hot. Like the Titans, they did beat the Texans, but it was a closely fought game. They lost against the Packers. The Ravens are red hot. Like, they ran, I know it was against the Cincinnati Bengals, but they had, like, 350-plus rushing yards as a team. They're hot. Lamar Jackson's playing hot. You know, there are doubts about this team. And then they started rattling off wins. And now, they're in the playoffs and they're hot. I'm going to take them over the Titans. I think they get them this time. Lamar gets his first playoff victory. Second game I have listed. The New Orleans Saints versus the Chicago Bears. I do not like Mitch Trubisky at all. I... I'm, I'm honestly sad that I have to watch the Bears in the playoffs again and have to watch Mitch Trubisky out here get probably another contract with the Bears because he took him to the playoffs, even though he's looked good against some really bad teams, against the Lions, against Texans, the Vikings, like some pretty bad defenses, the Jaguars. Like, I don't know. He's going to end up getting a job. Matt Nagy is going to be retained, but they're going to lose this game. The Saints, like, this is, they need to win a Super Bowl this year. I don't know if you guys have looked at their cap situation heading into this offseason, but they are like $90 million over the cap. They need to win. Like, this this must win because their team, they're going to have to blow this thing up in this offseason. Like, I'm, I'm expecting Drew Brees to retire. They might have to trade Michael Thomas. I mean, there's going to be contracts they're going to have to get rid of to get 
back to that cap threshold. So I'm going to take them in this game against the Bears. Alvin Kamara, obviously, he's been phenomenal. Looks like Michael Thomas is also going to play in this one. So I'll take the Saints. Next game, Bills versus the Colts. I'm going to take the Bills. The Bills, think about what the Bills just did. The Bills against the Miami Dolphins. The Miami Dolphins were a team that were fighting for their playoff lives. Like the Bills were playing like their set, pretty much almost their second team. I mean, Josh Allen played what, maybe like a half? And they scored 50 plus points on these guys. Like the Buffalo Bills are red hot. Josh Allen playing at an MVP level. I give so much credit to Sean McDermott and future NFL head coach next year, Brian Dable. He's been so good. Phenomenal New England Patriots guy. He has the Belichick and Saban ties. He's been phenomenal. He's really worked wonders with Josh Allen in this offense. They're playing so good. And I know the Colts, they're they're a pretty good team. Obviously, their defense is pretty good. They have a good running game. Jonathan Taylor is starting to get things going. But I want to take the Bills in this one. They're red hot. And I feel like they're going to win this football game. Next game, Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. (laughs) The NFC least. Wow. You know, Washington was, what, 7-9? I think and there's going to be seven and nine, seven and nine headed into the playoffs. I mean, it's incredible, but not going to pick them. I'm going to take Tom Brady. Might not have Mike Evans. I don't think it matters. I know Washington's been playing some great football, and I know you know Alex Smith when he's been starting. I think they're like four and one, five and one. But but I'm going to take Tom Brady and company. They've been very hot as of late as well. They've looked very good. Tom Brady has over 40 touchdowns this season. He is defying father time before our very eyes. The guy is incredible. I mean, yeah, I'll take Tampa Bay over Washington. I think that they're a better football team right now. Second to last game. We have the Steelers versus the Browns, a rematch from last week. The Cleveland Browns, first time they are making the postseason in 18 years. I think since 2002 was the last time. Congratulations to the Browns. I mean, you guys deserve it. I give a lot of credit to Kevin Stefanski for really turning things around with that organization and that team. And they have that dynamic duo back there at running back. Baker Mayfield's playing pretty well. Obviously, they don't have Odell, but, you know, the Browns have just been playing some great football. And I'm not going to pick them. I'm going to take the Steelers. Last week, the Steelers rested Big Ben. They had Mason Rudolph in there. I think they were also playing Josh Dobbs a little bit too. But they're going to have Big Ben back in this game. And I think that's the reason why they win this game. And the Browns were, you know, versus a backup quarterback. It was a very close game. And I think, you know, when you play a team back-to-back weeks, I would love to know when's the last time that's happened. I feel like someone's going to Google that for me. I mean, when's the last time a team has played a team back-to-back games like that is that's something but yeah I'm gonna take the Steelers in this one you know obviously they've started off undefeated I think they were like 10-0 11-0 and obviously they lost some three crucial games and they went from the first seed to the third seed but I'm gonna take them in this game I'm, I think they're gonna win I think they're gonna beat the Browns and they're gonna move on I think they're a better team right now than Cleveland but not to take anything away from Cleveland obviously phenomenal season get to the playoffs the first time in 18 years is impressive. And now we have the last game. The Seahawks versus the Rams. A divisional rival. The NFC West divisional game. Not sure if Jared Goff's going to play in this game. It, I've seen he's been practicing. So he probably plays in this game. I don't think it makes too much of a difference. I think Seattle wins this game. And the Seahawks and the Rams. They split the regular season series they split the games i'm gonna take seattle in this one i think you know russell wilson obviously myself included this season to start the season thought this guy's gonna be the mvp i mean they're letting russ cook he's look great 
and he's kind of fallen off. Like, you know, he really hasn't looked like the Russell Wilson that we saw to start the season. But, you know, the Seattle defense is starting to come together a little bit. They're not that historically awful defense that they were to start the season. They're kind of getting their swagger back. But I'm going to take Seattle to win. I think Russell Wilson... I think, you know, when it's playoff time, I think Russell Wilson's going to start turning things up a little bit. I think he knows he's going to have that sense of urgency like, hey, I need to play well in this game. You know, my team's relying on me. It's playoff time. That's what I think at least. But yeah, so that's what I have. I have Ravens beating the Titans. I have Saints beating the Bears. I have Bills beating the Colts. I have the Bucks beating the Washington football team. I have the Steelers beating the Browns, and I have the Seahawks beating the Rams. Guys, let me know what you have in your NFL wildcard predictions. My Twitter is at bcar underscore 13. Go follow that B-C-A-R-R, two R's, underscore 13. That's going to be it for the second episode of Cars End Zone. Enjoy the NFL wildcard this weekend, and enjoy the national championship game on Monday. Hopefully they play. Hopefully COVID doesn't strike and they have to postpone it, but... But thank you guys for tuning in to Cars End Zone. I am Brandon Carr. Have a great day, everybody.